What's going on, you freaks? This is Chuck Brown, your host of Constant Confusion, and you are listening to Episode 2 of Constant Confusion. Welcome back. If you listened to the first episode, thank you. I do appreciate it, and hopefully things get better. On this episode, we cover a wide array of topics. First uh, and foremost, student loans all the way to Sonnen versus Jones. Talk about the UFC, and I'd be remiss if I didn't let you know that we talked about the 24-hour podcast. If you don't know what the 24-hour podcast is, it is going to be a Jerry's Kids-style telethon put on by an amazing guy, Yuck Nasty, and there's also a bunch of other crazy savages that are helping out. And what we're doing is trying to raise money for the victims of Hurricane Sandy. I know that there's a lot of death squad and, hell, just brothers and sisters who, you know, live and die in this country that are stuck out there on the East Coast without power, without housing, without clothing, without food. So what we're trying to do is raise money to help as many people as we can. Even if it's only one family, it's definitely worth the time. So check out Yuck Nasty's Twitter feed, Ray Taylor's Twitter feed, mine, Mo Desi's, Acetor83, Jesse Shakes a Lot. There's a whole bunch of people involved in this. So if you follow any of the IDC, I'm sure that you will be able to hear when the podcast is going to start on Friday. Uh, You'll be able to watch it live, figure out when you'll be able to download it, and how you can help. All donations are needed. All are appreciated. So definitely look us up, check us out, listen, watch, do what you can to help others. If you were fortunate enough not to be affected by this, then let's not let the ship go down. All right, guys. Uh, Again, I'd just like to say thank you to our guests, uh, Caleb and Jesse, for donating their time. With that being said, if you have time, go to onit.com. That is one of the sponsors for Caleb's podcast, and enter in the code word stop cancer, and you'll save 10% off. He went there the other day, and I believe he said he spent $175 and saved 30 so that's a significant savings. Again, I do appreciate you guys listening to this. Listen and uh, enjoy. Keep your ears and eyes open for the 24-hour podcast, and let's have a little Leonard Skinner. Mr. Banker, bring us in. Mr. Banker, Mr. Please, how much does money mean? Won't you Mr. Banker 
Say hello. I'm Chuck. I'm Mo. I'm Caleb. I'm Desi. Yeah. So, <laughs> so welcome to uh, episode number two of Constant Confusion. Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming on first and foremost because uh, this came together pretty quick. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you because I am constantly confused. That, Fantastic. You know, you know what? Uh, earlier this evening, I was, you know, putting together like the format of what we were going to talk about and things like that. And, and it's funny that you say that because I was like, man, this is a very fitting name for the podcast, Constant Confusion, because uh, Mo and I have differing views on a lot of things, and yet we still get along pretty well, you know, and so I, I think that's a, a great name for the podcast is Constant Confusion. Uh, Caleb, you have your own podcast coming out. Your first uh, episode was with Randall McMurphy, I believe, and what's it called? It's called The Variable Podcast. The Variable Podcast. Where can people find that? Uh, it'll be on the IDC uh, I think it's going to be under the From All Corners podcast. Nice, nice. Kind of under that banner. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to publish it now, but uh, we'll work all that out. Cool, cool. So before we delve into anything that's too deep, let me ask, uh, let me ask your, uh, your your main lady back there. What'd you do this evening? I went to my friend's house, who happens to be a stripper. Uh huh. And we uh, drank four or five bottles of wine. Four or five. Something like that. Yeah, that's when you know you're you're getting things done is when you don't even remember exactly how much you drank. <laughs> <laughs> and then we spoke about buying me a stripper pole. Because that's what strippers are promoting. Yeah. Well, no, it's my idea because of she course. lost so much more baby weight than I have, and it's from you her. You had your baby like what six months ago? I have heard it's a great yeah. exercise, by the way. What? I said I've heard it's a great exercise. It really is. So you talked about buying a stripper pole and her giving me at-home stripper hopings. There you go. 
I'm down to watch. Okay. Of course. Who's not down to watch their chick slide down a fucking pole that's bigger than their own? Right? Right. And some other random stripper that I've never met yet. Oh, both at the same time? Well, I mean, if she's going to be teaching her, you know. Oh, doing class? Oh, yeah, dude. If you could watch it, fuck it. Do it. Yeah, all I got to do is spring for the... uh yeah, I would probably start doing that and then get her, like, better and better instructors each time. Be like, no, babe, I think you could do better, right? Yeah. Get her that's a hotter top, chick. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a brilliant idea. You down for that, Jess? I am. Awesome. I think it would be fun. And, I mean, why not have a stripper background in case you ever hit that hard spot? <laughs> And yeah, you just you don't want to. You don't want to end up, you know, taking the toilet paper out of porta potties. All right, that's the last <laughs> thing you want to do. <laughs> Ain't no toilet paper in that sugar, but I'll clean you up real good for twenty five dollars. <laughs> well, I mean, one day I might be stuck in between a hard rock in a crazy spot and not have work and maybe I need to go strip to provide formula and diapers for my kid. By that same logic, I should start banging random hot chicks just in case I need to start being a gigolo. Right? I think I should probably start building a table of boards just in case. I totally agree. I I don't you. I'm going to use the doomsday prepper logic and just start building a stable of hoes. And I am perfectly fine with that. You are perfectly fine with it right now. <laughs> and now that I only have one hoe beating you. <laughs> yeah, when she's uh, sobered up and then hung over, she will not be fine with it. But it's okay. That's well, all good. So, Jess. So you application process and, and have them tested. Well, of course. Test. Then I'm okay with it. So, so you're saying that you'd be all right with it as long as these broads pass an aptitude test and an STD test. Well, of course. What, yeah. would, what would the aptitude uh, requirements be? I wonder. Fuck if I know, dude. <laughs> but it would be hilarious. Like, Anatomy. Huh? Anatomy, like where body parts are. Sure, why not? I mean, they're going to have to know where the fucking nuts and where to slip that stinky pinky in. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but other than that... No comment. <laughs> so, so hey, Jess, uh, I know that you're uh, a little bit tipsy, but did you ever take on any student loans whenever, before you had your children or your kid, your baby? Yes. Kids. Or whatever. Before you did all that, did you, kid, sing, singular, okay? Child. One child, okay? Before you had your gorgeous, beautiful child, did you, did you take on any, uh, school loans? Yes. Yes? How much would you say that you're in debt right now? Um, it was in 2008, and I, I'm a duty school dropout. Wow. So, um, when I ended, I only owed $800. Mm-hmm. 
That's actually pretty good. That is really good. But it's 2012. I understand. It has increased every year. <laughs> I understand. Now, the the reason that I say this is because uh, Mo and her friend were uh, talking about student loans and, you know, how Mo went to college. Well, you can tell them. I mean, after you graduated high school, what did you do? I went to a four-year college um, and did two years there, and then I went to a community college and did a year and a half there. Now, whenever you went into the four-year college, what were your plans? Like, what did you have in your mind that you were going to do? Oh, I had really no plans. No my, plans. My, my, well, I had one plan, and it was to... Uh, just take general education until I figured out what I wanted to do. So you didn't really have any dreams or aspirations. You just knew that you were going to go to school. Not regarding college, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so you go to school for, for these two years and get how far in debt? Uh, well, first I, of all, what school did you go to? Uh, Metro State College. Here in Colorado? In Denver. Okay. In Denver. So, and you got how much in debt? Uh, I believe $8,000. $8,000 in debt in two years, okay, for a middle to low grade school. Yeah, okay? that's right. And so then you went to a community college. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what did you hope to accomplish whenever you went there? Um, I, you know, I had some general credits, but I was looking more to go towards, um, preschool teaching. Okay, so you wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Would would you guys agree that being a teacher is an admirable job? Yeah. yeah. Underappreciated and definitely underpaid. Yeah. For sure. It, it kind of freaked me out whenever I heard that Romney said that uh, that the smaller classrooms were a ploy by the teachers union to yeah. get more jobs for teachers. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and that larger class sizes weren't a problem. Yeah. It's, anyways, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not here to promote any specific uh, presidential candidate. But uh, so, Mo, whenever did you finish that year of college? Um, no, I didn't. I, I did, I believe, two semesters. Um, at the community college. Um, and also, uh, during these, like, two and a half years, I failed a bunch of classes because I just completely lost. I was losing interest. I There was a lot of things in Denver that I wanted to see and do, and I felt like my, like my college experience was mostly just about experiencing life and not trying to go to college classes. Okay, so... My my entire issue with student loans, okay, is the fact that whenever you get out of high school, you have no fucking clue what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. You, you have no clue as to what you would like to do for the rest of your life because most Americans spend all of their, you know, 18 to 20 years in 
a single place. They grow up in a single town, and they don't get to experience a whole lot of the world. They don't get to meet a whole lot of people. They don't get to understand what it means to actually live, okay? So you you look at a kid who has lived his entire life in a small town in Texas and grown up only knowing that he was supposed to go to school whenever he gets out of school, okay, versus, hey, we're going to let you experience things once you get out of school so that you can figure out exactly what you want to do with your life and hopefully better the nation and the world and humanity in, in itself, you know? I mean, Caleb, you you kind of went through the same situation of, you know, paying for loans and you're looking for something to do now, right? Uh, yeah, well, I didn't take out any loans. I just oh, thank God. I wasted a lot of money on taking, like what I was talking about, the the core, you know, the general class that you've got to take towards any four year degree. Yeah. And and those were the classes I was taking. I, I was an undeclared major. I like you said, I had no clue what the fuck I wanted to do. And uh, I don't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, how old are you, Jess? Twenty-six. Okay, well, I'm 32, and I'm I'm just now getting to the point where I kind of see what I would like to do, you know? And maybe that's a maturity thing. It might be. I mean, um, I'm at least open enough to, to look at myself and say, hey, I probably should have figured this shit out a long time ago, you know? But... Um, it's, it's better late than ever, and you'd be surprised. I mean, I didn't know this, um, until just uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I was talking to my mom about going back to school and, you know, how I was kind of hesitant because, you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 30 and, you know, starting into like a four year degree at that age, you know, that seems like a lot. But, uh, she told me something really interesting, uh, my grandfather uh, ended up being a doctor. He didn't decide that to start pre-med until he was about 30. Damn. Yeah. And, and he, you know, he did it. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, a veteran, he had a GI bill. And that was back, you know, after he served in World War II in Korea. And the GI Bill, I think, was a little bit different at that point in time. Yeah, it's definitely different at that point in time than it is now. I know these days uh, you get $33,000 for the GI Bill, and you can only use it within four years of your discharge. So uh, I'll be honest with you. After I got out of the military, I decided that I wanted to try some things out, traveled around, uh saw a little bit more of the country and you know I wasn't ready to go to school you know and I didn't think that there was a time limit because nobody ever tells you that there's a fucking time limit on you know as to when you can use your GI bill they just say hey you get the money you know and uh I was naive enough not to look into it 
And so I traveled around and, you know, did odds and ends jobs and things like that and wasn't able to take advantage of it. So the fact that your grandfather was able to take advantage of it is fucking awesome. Yeah, and I do know that even with that, uh, I think that pretty much got him through pre-med, and then he went and worked as a lumberjack in Oregon uh, to put, put together enough cash to go to uh, med school. Yeah. Yeah, dude, there, there's, uh, there's very few people that are willing to bust their ass to do what they would like to do, you know? Uh, it sounds like your grandfather is somebody who put everything on the line in order to succeed, you know? Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he, he came from a really rough background, you know, being from Ukraine, uh, I think he saw how bad it really can be. I mean, to the, to the extent that you are probably have no clue. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's one of the things I was telling her was, uh, if you don't risk big, you're not going to win big, you know, and. Oh, personal. What's that? Of course not. Yeah. And, and you have to be able to lay your entire reputation, your entire life, your, your entire worth on the line if you really want to be great. Yeah, that's true. Because if not, everybody would get a tremendous success. Exactly. And the thing that bothers me is that there's kids who are signing basically 30 to 40 year contracts on these school loans. And it's not something that they actually want to do. You know? Uh, Well, educated. Yeah, and and with that being said, I mean, by no means am I rich financially or, uh, you know, am I secure in job? You know, I I don't have a secure job. I don't have uh, a career that I can fall back on. But I feel like I've learned enough to survive. And I'm working on what I love to do. So once I can get paid to do what I love to do, then I'm good to go. Yeah. And in my opinion, being happy with what you do is more important than your salary. Oh, for sure, for sure. This this conversation quickly went from supposed to be about a political topic like school loans and, uh, you know, kids getting out of debt and things like that to what the fuck are you doing with your life? But, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I love it. I love the fact that we can sit here and, and have a conversation. I bring up one point and, and we, we veer off to something a little bit. We go to the deep end, you know? Yeah. It's organic and, uh, it's, uh, it's more interesting to me is from a discussion standpoint and as a podcast listener, I'm more interested in the podcast that have a, a natural flow like what we're doing as well, opposed to certain podcasts I've heard where they really kind of, they hear the conversation and you can, you can hear it, you can feel it. Well, speaking of steering, I'm going to steer you. <laughs> Over to uh, to the 24-hour podcast, dude, because this 
this is kind of big to me because uh yeah the uh the death squad and inspired disorder community has a lot of people on the east coast and there's a lot of people that are in need right now that you know we don't even know about because they don't have power they haven't been able to charge their devices you know we don't even know how many people actually need help you know uh, and uh yuck nasty and ray taylor uh myself you mish uh there, there's a ton of people uh jess mo you know we all care and we're trying to reach out and do this 24-hour podcast on Friday. And uh, you talk about something coming together quick. Yeah. I mean, I think it was uh, somewhere around 6 Eastern yesterday whenever we started really drumming up the talks as far as to raise money for Sandy, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, by midnight, I had Yuck Nasty on the phone, and we were talking to sponsors, and we're trying to figure it out, you know. And uh, as those of you who have listened to the Constant Confusion podcast know, we don't have any sponsors, but but I'm, I'm calling people that I know that have money that would like to sponsor just for this one episode, just, you know, just to donate to the Death Squad of the East Coast that were affected by Sandy. I mean, I, I think it's awesome, dude. Yeah, it is. And it's a, a good sign of what we've got going here with this community. And the, uh, the, um, it's really genuine. You know, people really care about each other. You know, it's not some uh, fake thing where, you know, we interact on Twitter, shit real, then we're not there for each other. No, whenever, you know, we have the situation with hurricane, and uh, people are trying to set up the plate and make a difference. And I think it's really, that says a lot about the members of the uh, Exactly. For sure. I mean, what do you think? I mean, have you've been in college, you've been in drum corps, you've been in quite a few, like, communities, you know, as they call them. What do you think about what we're trying to do versus the communities that you've already been a part of? There's nothing else I've ever experienced that is like the Deswa community. Um, a lot of the times you, it, a lot of the times I find that you find yourself in a community and then you naturally grow out of it. With this, I feel like this is only something that's going to continue to not, um, not only be in my life for, you know, years to come, years to come, but, um, I can continue to grow and get bigger. And I think that we're going to see a lot more people, um, coming to realize that as well. Yeah. Because with, with the more people that, uh, they get infected with it and, and get that, that volunteer, mentality of, you know, I'm going to give of myself versus trying to take from others, then, you know, uh, it's infectious. You know, Mitch Nutter talked about it on one of his podcasts, you know, the, uh, the value of a community is not monetary. 
you know, and to to see what we're trying to do to raise monetary value for our brothers and sisters. That's there's there's not too many things that are cooler than seeing people come together for other people. Yeah. This might be a little off the side. Earlier, I tweeted that um, anybody that donated ten dollars to our squad would get a pick. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I'm not joking about that. She she is 100%. Look, listen, Death Squad. She will if you donate ten dollars at Jesse shakes a lot shakes a lot. Will send you a titty pick. I will sign your names to them. So, wow! And there's there's plenty of room for names. Plenty of room. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why her Twitter ID is shakes a lot. There's <laughs> two big reasons why. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not joking. Yes. What what would you, what's your bra size? Oh God, um, I'm just about to grow out of a double D. Okay, Mo, what's yours? I'm a double D. Natural, no kids, double D. <laughs> but uh, uh, they've always been big before the kids. There you yeah. go. The kid. The kid. Child. Times I said kids. So, uh, so yeah, so everybody who is interested. And donating to help Death Squad members who were affected by Hurricane Sandy, please just uh, look up the hashtag 24-hour podcast. That's the numbers 24-hour podcast. And uh, you'll definitely be able to see how you can help out. Um, did you guys see any of the video or coverage of the actual storm and the uh, repercussions, like some of the explosions from the power plants and things like that. Yeah, I, I did. I, I don't show her a few, but she's been, you know, busy and stuff. So I don't. I saw Coney Island. You And uh, the Ace Boardwalk, you know, the section of the Boardwalk was just gone. And then also like uh, uh, the FDR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was something. And I, I just, you know, certain uh, areas, you know, Manhattan, they were just underwater. And I think the craziest picture I saw going around was a fucking shark. Yeah, I think that was bullshit, dude. I mean, I'd, I'm not sure, but I think that was bullshit. I saw it too, really? but I think I saw it was like bullshit. four different pictures. Really? Yeah. Man. You're gonna have to tweet those to me, cause I, I I know I favorited them, so I'll go back and yeah, cause I mean I saw the first one, I was like, what? Come on, son, there's no fucking way. You're driving down the road, and there's a fucking shark swimming next to you. <laughs> I think whoever got that picture wasn't driving. They were probably like paddling or or steering a boat, but yeah, it is crazy to think, but. I mean, Sandy's a bitch. And and with a storm surge, you know that's you know that's pretty common. You know you, you're gonna have, especially a smaller breed of shark. I you know I don't know what breed of shark that that was supposed to be or or was. If that's an authentic picture, but you know, uh, 
That's fairly common. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that from my limited experience uh, with sharks. <laughs> I have you know, the, the small, the small amount of times that I've come in contact with these fucking beasts. You know, um, I have gone scuba diving with sharks twice, uh, stingrays a couple times. Uh, yeah, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was really fun. I actually fed the stingrays. It, it was that was a blast. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the uh, the only time I've actually come in contact with a shark is uh, I was surfing in Hawaii and a hammerhead just came up and like checked my board, you know. And I was like, "Well, I'm going the fuck back to the shore due to the fact that if he hadn't checked the board, he could have taken off my leg." So that's a fairly aggressive breed of shark. Yeah. Well. There was also two dead hammerheads on the shore, so it was a weird situation. And a good decision. What's that? A good decision. Yeah, I don't don't know. We were the only three out there, and, uh, I mean, it was the only place that was over three feet that day. Oh, man, I've got got gas like it's going out of style. Oh, God. Keeping it 100% real. Jesus. But, uh, but anyways, um, there's a lot of things that, that were fucking crazy that I saw. And and with Twitter, I'm not 100% sure on what to believe and what not to believe, especially with the talents of some of these people who can create videos and photographs and, you know, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm, I did see a lot of tweets from celebrities who live in New York City and stuff like, uh, Eddie Wang, who's a chef. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was tweeting pictures of, uh, sharks. Uh, no, him and his buddy, uh, like up in, in an apartment building and, you know, no electricity, you know, like they had a small, like, propane fueled, uh, can of stove. Yeah. Were, they were cooking food on and a lantern to, to lie by. I, I did this much because uh, before it really hit, he tweeted a picture of any cat like his, uh, you know, emergency preparedness kit or something. And it was just a pile of cash oil for his kids. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Great. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's, uh, he's doing a series for Vice. Uh, That's cool. I'd recommend checking out. Uh, awesome. Can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty cool dude, he's a Korean guy. What's his name? Eddie Wang. Eddie uh, Wang. Sweet, sweet. And I think that's uh, he he owns a restaurant called the Bauhaus. Okay. Uh, in New York City. Cool, cool. So, uh, if you guys been watching any any of the uh, UFC or the Ultimate Fighter or anything? Uh, you know I have. Yeah. I've had time. You haven't had time? I've showed her uh, some of the better fights, you know, I've DVR everything. And then, you know, I'll show her, you know, like, uh, uh, the Glover Teixeira. Yeah, that was rough. I had to show her that. 
Because that was like the scene from Fight Club. Right? There it was. <laughs> Beat yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. Uh, I usually work and they're going on. Yeah. yeah, me too. Mo has the same problem, but, uh, I mean, you still enjoy it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you, you and I sat down and watched the uh, DVR version of uh, The Ultimate Fighter the other night. What would you think about the uh, judging? I mean, we had the dude with no shirt. <laughs> Why is this guy, this guy, guy is always won. walking around with no fucking shirt on? I've seen tweets about that. I haven't. I, I DVR that series, but I'll be honest, at this point, uh, and Boss actually talked about this on Inside MMA. Yeah. I believe that's the show it's on. Yeah. That they need a change of format. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree because they've, they've really kind of lost me with the, the same format since way back whenever it was, you know, Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner. Yeah. Know. I mean, Mike, I mean, what do you think about the way that the show I mean, are you dying to watch it? Not anything except for the fighting. Just just the fights is all you want to see? Pretty much. Okay, so this is coming from a casual UFC fan, you know, that she doesn't want to see all the fucking bullshit drama. She just wants to see the fights. And And I agree with Mo in this situation because I don't want to see the real world. If I wanted to see the real world, I would tune into MTV, okay? Exactly. If if you want to show me, like, the setbacks that he's having in training, if you want to show me the problems that he can't overcome, you know, as far as his takedowns go, if you want to show me that stuff, awesome. But don't show me this petty bullshit about how somebody stole some chicken from somebody. I don't yeah, give a fuck. Like that. I mean, it was a big fucking surprise, but a, a big group of professional fighters are not going to get along. Whenever you put them in a house. Oh, there's fucking shocker. And they all eat chicken. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I would rather see a fight than petty bullshit. Yeah, I, I so think you guys, focus shifted too far towards the reality TV aspect. And, I mean, it's really awesome whenever they do throw down. Uh, because, like, I know Rogan has talked about you don't have the crowd. And so you hear, like, when somebody gets tagged real good, yeah. you hear that shit. Yeah. Somebody gets kicked in the head, and it's like, oh, fuck. Do you feel like they're going to change the format for, and, and, and since we bring it up, do you, do you feel like they're going to change the format whenever uh, Tough 17 with John Jones and Chael Sonnen? I hope so. And I, I would say that there's a good chance of, just because of the business that that organization has with their marketing and, and stuff, I would say that the odds are pretty decent that uh, they're going to change the format at least to a certain extent. And if they're smart, they're going to move it off Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Because Friday night is not a good thing. Their core demographic is out at the bar Friday night. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I will say this, there's, there's quite a few bars that will show the ultimate fighter, but they just don't have the, uh, the audio on, which, 
90% of that show is audio. Yeah. And like I was saying, whenever fights do finally happen, I want to be able to hear it because that's, that's the only time that... No, 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 she's, she's getting, she's getting pissed at me because I cannot stop farting. Like, I am just busting ass. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we could hear it on the audio later. I didn't hear it, but it might be picking up on your end. It's possible because I can smell it. (laughs) Jesse, you have no idea. She just, she just picked this up and killed it. It was like damn near full. I'm Irish. Shut up. I'm not, I'm not saying things. So, uh, what do you guys think about this, uh, Sonnen versus Jones? Who's, who's gonna take it? Uh, I know you and I were talking about the, uh, over-unders. Mo, what do you, what do you think? I would really love to see Chael win it. Why? I love Chael. I mean, I would like Chael? to see John Jones just get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. With that. I think just for the sake of rooting for the underdog, and and also this whole persona that John Jones built up. I mean, at some point, I think it's kind of human nature to almost not want to see him do badly, but just see him get shit. Mm-hmm. Just see him get taken down a notch. Because I think at this point in his career, he almost needs that, uh, you know, for his ego and, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to be the one to to say that somebody needs to check their ego or how it needs to be checked or anything like that. But I will say that, that his his uh, his decision to wreck his fucking phantom into a fucking pole uh, was a bad one. <laughs> and especially, it, it's, it's as if Tim Tebow got caught with a hooker, you know? <laughs> it... <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, they're one and the same, you know, because he, he plays this wholesome guy. He plays this wholesome dude who loves his fans, who all he does is train. He doesn't give a fuck about being famous. All he cares about is, you know, winning fights and pleasing his fans, right? Bible versus tattoos, which is really funny since the Bible prohibits tattoos. Tattoos. But that's, that's what I, that's what I find funny is that he goes out and gets these extravagant things. He drinks, he drives, he breaks the law, he turns down fights, he does everything except for make his fans happy. It, I don't know. It, it, yeah. to me, it's a little bit of bullshit. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to agree with you on that. And, you know, also, Taylor is great at, uh, Talking shit. Yeah, he's he's the best at hyping fights. Have you ever heard of Blaze Battles on HBO? No. Back in the day, they used to have like, uh, you know, upcoming MCs who would battle each other, you know, and like battle rap, right? Yeah. I think Chael Sonnen would have been <laughs> great. Oh, he would have. On Blaze Battles. He was talking about. I saw where he was talking about the John Jones salad. I haven't seen that. Uh, or no, the John Jones pizza, which was extra cheesy. <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I thought that that was. I mean, he's clever, you know. Uh, he's got a degree in sociology. 
he's quick witted and he, uh, he researches his things before he just starts running yeah. off the mouth, you know? Yeah. And that yeah. fucking um, Minotaro uh, Noguera, the Noguera brothers oh fucking God. story yeah. where he talks about how he tried to feed a banana to the bus. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I, I thought that was funny and I thought that it, you know, it, it's, it's all a part of his. No, that's all it is. It, it's all, it's all entertainment. Yeah. But, to a certain extent, you know, he, he did say some things that, like, uh, he, he was asked about, you know, what do you think about Noguera? And he said, which one? The one that used to be good or the one that never was? <laughs> and like, oh, okay, big fella. Why don't you pump the brakes a little bit? Because if you get in the ring with Big Nogs, he would rip Chelsea off the fuck apart. Yeah, but it's That's still it. funny. It's still it is, funny. No, it's funny. It is funny. And, I mean, he has every right to say it. He, if he's going to take the risk of going but, in there. No, but that's the thing is that he whatever. will. He's just dumb enough. He's smart enough to say these witty things, but he's just dumb enough to get in the cage with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean. And take a knee that fucking. Hey, you know what? He's, he's, not the, he's not the only person to get that, though. Well, no. He, he you got know, Bonner with the same God, fucking Bonner, thing, dude. He God, got Bonner with the same thing. <laughs> so for for those of you who cannot see this, uh, Jess is uh, holding up a monkey on it's the a screen with a very large cock. And the, the monkey is wiener. holding the cock. If you check my I Twitter timeline, if you check my Twitter timeline, there are some X-rated Stuffed animal pictures. <laughs> well, you gotta love those. I yeah. used to set up my, uh, my sister's cabbage patch dolls, dolls, and like, you know, very sexual situations. I was so small when I was born, they did not have preemie clothes that I actually had to wear cabbage patch doll clothes. That's awesome. And I was convinced that all my clothes were hand-designed because, you know, all Cabbage Patch clothes say Cabbage Patch. So until, like, the age of four, I told everybody that my parents had my baby clothes hand-designed because I couldn't read the word Cabbage Patch. (laughs) At age four, you were already fashion-checking. Yes, I was. Why are you? Yeah, yeah. Right. This, this is this is what I live with. Yes, I was convinced I that on, on my clothes were hand designed just for me. In actuality, they were cabbage patch doll clothes because I was born at four pounds six ounces. See, and it was different for me because I was uh, I was actually born eight pounds nine ounces, but I was preemie. Right, and my cock was six ounce or six pounds. Right, oh. so I was only three pounds, and I had a six pound cock. So what I had to do, my parents, my parents, you remember those lightning bug uh, dolls that you know, glowworm, yeah, glowworms. They would put that over my dick, and I thought that those were just normal for everybody. And so whenever I got to school, I didn't understand why everybody didn't have a glowing penis. 
We've actually <laughs> have been trying wow. to track down a glow worm for our daughter, you know, because I had one when I was because she's segue. got a huge dick too. <laughs> yes, because my daughter has a huge dick, asshole. Yes, but no, That's exactly. Why. I don't know if they even make those fucking things. No, they they don't. They make similar ones. eBay, dude. They make some, well, I don't know if I want to buy some off eBay and then put it in the crib with my daughter. It's probably got fucking AIDS blood on it or something. No, dude, I'll, I'll sell you one. Just go on eBay and buy yeah, it. Yeah, but it all over your eBay? fucking dick. No, thank you. My parents no. bought me a bunch of them. I already told you I had a six-pound dick. Seven months old. Because Anyways, uh, I think this has gotten a little bit... Out of control. Fall so, Jess, we appreciate both of you guys. Yeah. We appreciate both you guys coming on. Uh, Caleb, is there anything that uh, you need to shout out? I'm sure there is. Yeah, uh, check out the first of all, check out the From All Corners podcast uh, at FAC Podcast. Uh, and also check out the variable podcast soon to be posted the first time. That is my own podcast. Nice. Um, and I, I did part one of episode one with the one and only Randall McMurphy last night. And we went deep on, uh, the system as it were, uh, law enforcement, the judicial system corrections uh and we went deep with it so we're gonna have to do a part two on that uh also uh coming up uh tomorrow night i will be doing a podcast on my uh on my podcast with uh rod whistle from burn one project nice musical group right 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 and they rap about all kinds of crazy shit dmt um i mean they got a great song uh Talking about how Jesus was a mushroom, you know, it's a direct reference to, to John Marco Allegro's work and, uh, you know, the sacred mushroom and the cross. Really, uh, cool lyrics. So we're going to talk about their inspiration for, for their lyrics and stuff and, and how all that's come together. And they've got a, a Kickstarter that they're, they're going to be kicking off, uh, November 1st to, uh, fund, uh, the studio work and the audio technicians to have a professionally done album because their first album, it was good, but it wasn't like a, it, they didn't have a professional mix down done. They couldn't afford it. So, so hopefully we can help them out with their Kickstarter and, uh, get them some professional quality sound where, uh, where can, where can folks find the two of you on Twitter? At Jesse Shakes-A-Lot, J-E-S-I Shakes-A-Lot. And you can find me at I feel mythological every time I shout out my Twitter handle. Astorn. So, uh... Yeah, Thank you. Shout out to Yuck Nasty for forever putting that in my mind. Right, uh... And if I'm not mistaken, there's an Onnit shout-out you need to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, if you go to onnit.com and use the code word STOP, stop cancer. cancer, you will save yourself 10% off all of their wonderful supplements. Uh, 
you can't get yourself any money off of the kettlebells or the battle ropes, but you can save yourself money on wonderful things like Alpha Brain and New Mood and Shroom Tech Immune, and they got Krill Oil now. Uh, they also have uh, Live Coral supplements. Might as well get that shit while it's still alive, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know how that. You works. understand that over the past decade, the Great Barrier Reef has shrunk by forty percent. I did not know that. Yeah, so get your coral while you can. So, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, go to go to onit. Yeah, go to onit. dot com and use the code word stop cancer. Uh, this I is say I saved a decent chunk of money. There you so. go. There you go. So. uh Thank you, Asator83. Thank you, Jesse Shakes a lot. Uh, this is at Gonzo Green 29 and at Moldesi. And we are signing off and we appreciate you guys coming on. Oh, thank, thank you. you.